Hello, friends. Welcome to another episode of Strength for Today with your host here, Eric Dijkstra. And today we are going to cover this illustration I was talking about on Monday about God's kingdom versus the world's kingdom. So let's jump right in. I don't want to waste any time today. Father, let me just uh, open with a word of prayer today uh, for our eyes to be opened, our hearts to be opened um, to your revelation. And so would you just uh, kind of join me in, in praying together today for our time? Father, I just thank you for the time we have today. And I really believe that you have uh, an incredible uh, revelation for us here today. And I'm excited to dive into this. And I just pray that it would land within our heart, within our spirit, and would just transform the way we think about the world around us. And I pray that it would just illuminate things inside of us it would connect things that maybe haven't made sense before, and it would just give us a very practical and uh, simple way to just begin to understand and scratch the surface of what your kingdom is and how we can access it on a daily basis and what it's like to live from the values and the principles of your kingdom, because they're all around us. It's who we are. It's, who, it's what's made us into who we are. And uh, your kingdom is so present and real. And so today, my prayer is that we would touch it, that we would taste it, that we would see it, that we would hear it, Father, uh, touch it, and just let ourselves be changed by the, by the renewing of our mind today, a new lens that we could look through to see the world from your perspective with your heart, Lord. And we have a new language that would emerge, that we would speak forth your word in power, in courage, and in authority, Lord, because that's what your kingdom enables in us, and it's what your kingdom is. And let it empower us to love deeper, to serve greater, to connect with more passion, a clarity of focus, a wisdom to live out our call and a, uh, just a joy to, to get to live life with one another and living life with you, connected to you, being empowered through our spirit to walk according to your ways in your kingdom, bringing your kingdom into the world around us. Lord, we love you. We pray these things in your son's holy and precious name. Amen. All right. Well, let's jump right in. So Monday, I started off just sharing a little bit about my testimony, and I told you that uh, when I spent a Friday, a couple Fridays uh, with this mentor and coach in my life, uh, it just really started to give me a lot of clarity and understanding about what my life was about and in understanding God's kingdom. And so I want to show you just a visual uh, here in a minute of thinking of a kingdom in the form of a triangle. And so the world's kingdom is often like a triangle that we see with coming to a point at the top. And if you kind of imagine right now, I know if you're listening, you can't see it, but imagine a triangle in your head and then that triangle being filled with circles from the bottom all the way up to the point. And that represents, those circles represent people inside of this kingdom, operating according to this kingdom. And at the bottom of this triangle is the starting point 
from the time that we were conceived and birthed and came into this world. And now our lives represent moving up to the very point and pinnacle uh, in our life where we feel fulfilled, that we feel like we're walking into our destiny, that we have a strong and stable identity that we've developed. And so a lot of our life is moving towards something or culminating to something that would produce a sense of fulfillment, a sense of fruit, a sense of impact, influence, or leadership. Now, to give you the other visual of God's kingdom, imagine that that triangle now, if this is God's kingdom over here, uh, because when Jesus came into the world, it turned things upside down. And so this triangle now gets flipped and God's kingdom becomes an upside down triangle. And the same thing. Now imagine the starting point is at the very tip or the bottom of this triangle down here, if you can see this, and now your way is to work up. And you're going to see where I'm going with this in just a minute. And now imagine those circles starting at the very bottom where it comes to a point and uh, you're filling it with circles as you go up into the longer line of the bottom. And this is just a simple way to look at these two kingdoms, the world's kingdom kind of being the normal kingdom that we grow up in because it's physically what we're present in. It's what we see and what a lot of the our patterns, our behaviors, our choices we make, a lifestyle that we develop are formed inside of this kingdom where our starting point is to work our way up as opposed to where the kingdom of God now, when we give our lives to Christ, a lot of things turn upside down. And the way that we've been trained, the way that we've seen the world is now not the way that we're seeing it because Christ formed it and created it in a very specific way and purpose. And now we have to relearn. Now we have to get out all of the world inside of us and walk towards our promised land. A great example of this in the Old Testament was the Israelites making their exodus out of Egypt into Canaan, into the promised land. Guys like Caleb and Joshua, who stayed focused. And when they came back and they gave the report, when they were sent out to spy out the land, they were the only two guys who came back with a good report and said, has not the Lord said that he will give us this land? while all the other 10 spies were giving a negative report and were operating out of the world's kingdom. But Caleb and Joshua were standing in the kingdom of God. They were standing in the promise that the Lord had spoke over them. And now they were going to walk into Canaan. And so for so many of us, we want to walk into Canaan. We want to walk into our promised land, but we're not willing to give up our old ways because that's what we've always known that was the world that we were formed in, that we were conformed to, that we were our thinking, our decisions, our choices were made from. And now, just like when I was in Colorado, I had a, a kind of confrontation of God's kingdom confronting me in some of the mindsets that were in me, in some of the motives in my heart. And there was really choices that I had to make. Was I going to submit and surrender to God's ways from his kingdom or continue to just go about my life trying to build it in a way that seemed like the normal that would bring security and stability? And so when we come to that point of being confronted, are we going to be all in 
Or are we going to try to straddle the line? Or are we just going to continue to do what we've always done? Because God's kingdom is much different, like that upside down triangle that I refer to. And so I drew out a little diagram here, and you're not going to be able to see it all that well. But this is really the illustration that I want you guys to see. And I know if you're listening, you're not going to be able to see it. I would encourage you to go into the YouTube channel and actually watch this. But um, here is the world's kingdom I was talking about. And you see these circles that I've drawn start at the bottom and they work their way up. And what happens in the world's kingdom is our effort, our self-effort is what moves us up as we're trying to make sense of our life, as we're trying to fulfill the purpose of our life. And really what the world teaches you is that it's coming through self-effort. And what is self-effort? It's through getting promoted and it's through your own performance. And that's where you get your sense of identity is how can I get promoted? How can I move up the ladder and be promoted? And it's often based on how well we perform or the grades that we get or um, you know, some other credential that often tries to shape us and give you our value, our identity, and our significance. But that comes through self effort. And so the finish is ultimately up here. And above this triangle, I wrote death is often a part of it. You feel burnt out, you feel exhausted, you feel that a lot of things are being taken from you in the worldly system. So death becomes a part of this kingdom and the way it operates is that it's robbing us of things, it's stealing things from us, it's killing things in our lives whether that's passion, dreams, desires, relationships. This is a kingdom that ultimately leads to death and demise. It's darkness. It's, it's the, the enemies is the ruler over it. Satan himself is the ruler over this kingdom. And there's often darkness. There's evil that's present. Man's evil desires and sin begins to rule and we operate from the system of the flesh. And then the last thing I wrote is hate is driven by it. And we're often forced to compete with each other, to hate each other. And this often leads to division. As you can see here, this black circle and the circles in it represent the people. And there's space between each because it's a kingdom that we often live isolated, that we won't let people into our world, into our lives. And then notice this, if you start down here and you're working your way up, what's happening to the people around you? You're becoming less relational. And if you get to the top, you're the only person at the top of this mountain. We've spent our whole life trying to get to the top. And what I've seen so many times for so many people, as they work their way up, they're competing, they're trying to get above each other by performance in promotion. And when they get to the top, they look around and they realize that they have little relationship, few people trust them. And all the people that they were promoted over uh, no longer care for them, love them, have any kind of empathy for them because it's do whatever it takes to get to the top. And you've now burned the bridges relationally with all these other people. And so this striving this culture of performance. We often don't see each other. We often don't live close with each other. And when we get isolated, our heart becomes hard. 
And so you've got a kingdom that's built on the outward appearance of performing and being promoted and having things put together when that was never of God's kingdom. You see now flip over to this kingdom. And I did this intentionally that it's a dark kingdom, that it's full of darkness, that it's ruled by deceit and hate, and it causes division. And so go over here to the kingdom of light. And I did this in yellow. And now the words I wrote over here were a contrast to these that I read, which is it's a kingdom of life. God's kingdom births life inside of you. And you're going to know when you tap into the desires that God has put in your heart, because it's going to give you a sense of life, of meaning, of purpose, of being alive. And, and for so many of us, this is the kingdom that we know and everything is life taking and it brings a lot of death. Well, God's kingdom fills you up and it makes you expand and you develop this growth mindset because it's focused on your heart. And Jesus, the king of his kingdom, builds into your heart and encourages you and brings the light of God's kingdom. It illuminates us. So we don't live in the dark. We live in the light of the truth and of our true identity. And we're able and willing and encouraged and empowered to come forth and live from our true identity, our true heart, and our true God-given purpose, calling, and passion begin to come forward because it's a kingdom that brings all of you into the light. And when you, all of you comes into the light, your life produces more influence, more leadership, more impact, and more fruit. It's just an incredible lifestyle that we get to live. It's a kingdom of goodness as opposed to evil. God is always about doing good things to his children. And yes, we're going to experience hardship. Yes, there's going to be suffering in the world. Yes, there's still going to be injustice. But God is doing things to reconcile the world back to him because we have to understand we live in a fallen, sinful world where we still have choices and evil is still going to prevail to some extent. We know that in the end, God is he's won the battle already, but we're still living in the reality of a fallen world where people are going to hurt each other and wound each other. But now our life is not letting our wounding, our hurt, our brokenness control our lives in remaining in that state where we operate from this kingdom out of hurt and bitterness and offense, but we transfer over into the goodness of God. It's ruled by love, which causes unity. And you're going to see this break down a little bit more, but this is just a visual of these two kingdoms and how you can begin to think about them. So if our starting point is down here at the bottom of the upside down kingdom, we're one person, we come into the world and our life is about moving. It becomes about serving other people out of love, not seeing them as a, a means to an end, but seeing them as people, as individuals, validating them and notice what you're doing. You're serving out of love is how you're moving up in God's kingdom for the first shall be last and the last shall be first. And so we're laying our lives down 
and we're not trying to build ourselves up, but we're laying it down. And as we lay it down, God begins to expand us and promote us. And our identity becomes more important than actually what we're doing and how being defined by that. So notice as you're moving up in this kingdom, there's circles. These are people. As you move up, what's happening? You're getting surrounded by more and more people. And this is a great business model. Businesses that thrive, that are excellent, build a culture and build an environment that's based out of the kingdom will grow and expand and do financially well more than kingdoms of this world because you're building into the lives of people. You're building into the hearts of people by serving, by actually loving them. And as you go higher and higher into more areas of influence and leadership, what you're doing is you're empowering and you're bringing more people up with you and you're never below or you're never above people, but you're staying on the same level. And if you were to pass away or if you were to move on and God calls you into something else, you've now empowered people through a culture of empowerment and encouragement that's bringing life, that's bringing their giftings, their passions into the light that is ruled by the King, King Jesus. And you're being more connected. So your starting point is the same. But the way you go about life becomes very different in these two kingdoms. And these things I wrote down were just the definitions of what these two kingdoms are and how they often operate and how we often go about our lives. So I just want to read, uh, not just read, but just kind of go over a couple things in terms of characteristics of each of these kingdoms. So I wrote down seven things, and you're going to see a compare and contrast. So in the world's kingdom, number one that I wrote down that often defines it or is a characteristic of it is that the mentality or the lifestyle is competing. We are competing. And what happens when you compete? You're often comparing yourself to the next person, saying, well, they didn't do it like that or my path to success doesn't look like that. I'm not bringing in the type of money that they are. I'm not able to coach the way that they are. You know what? God's kingdom doesn't require you to copy or to compare yourself to someone else. He's made you uniquely you. And what darkness does is it conceals us. It limits us. But the light brings everything into the light and it bursts life inside of you. So you're going to find your voice. You're going to find your calling. You're going to find your people, your purpose, your passion. If you're living in the light, that's why you hear so much in the New Testament, the contrast between darkness and light. So you're competing in the world's kingdom. Number two. You're looking at life from the perspective of what do I get or what do I gain? So you're looking at people and asking the question, how can they serve me in my cause? That's of the world's kingdom. That is not God's heart. That is not his intention. And you're going to see that when I contrast these things to his kingdom. Number three, you are the one being served. What can others do? for you. Four, I mentioned this in the circles and you begin to see it in the diagram. In the world's kingdom, 
there's a lot of distance and space and you live an isolated life. And when you live an isolated life, you become hurt, you become broken, you live in offense, unforgiveness. God's intention was never for us to live in isolation, apart, out of relationship with one another and with him. Number five, there's no sense of community. There's no value in building something for the betterment of the community. This is represented in athletics as well. When you've got selfish individuals who are all about themselves and their own statistics, it often hurts what the overall team can accomplish because they're only concerned about themselves. They're not involved with what's best for the team. Taking a seat on the bench if it's needed. Passing the ball to a teammate in a very key moment, realizing your limitations. I mean, that's the world's kingdom, is that it's about you. It's about your empire and your kingdom. Number six, your focus is on what you're getting, reaping. And some of these tie together, you're going to see and it's not about sowing and being a blessing and encouraging and empowering, but it's all about the self, the flesh. And then seven, the last thing I wrote down is that the world's kingdom is often focused on the external appearance. Let's look at God's kingdom and let's look at how that defines these things is that number one, instead of competing with each other in God's kingdom, when we are trying to move up, it is about building family in team for these teams that are able to accomplish things that doesn't seem uh, like it's possible, but they're able to do it because they rally together. And there's a sense of family. There is a sense of joy in being together. And you're always pulling other people in to your world and you're giving them a place to speak into your life. You're allowing them to love you you're allowing them to bring correction into your life when you might be in error. Um, so that's the number one purpose of God's kingdom is to create a sense of family. Number two, instead of looking at what you can gain, you're looking at what do I have to give? And you're using the passions, the skills, the gifts to go about serving other people, to enhance their life, to add value to what they're doing. And you're looking to bring them up, to encourage, built up, exhort, to comfort. These are the ways of the kingdom. Number three, you're being a servant. You're not the one being served, but now your mentality, if the king who is Jesus, the most precious thing to him is his people, then don't you think it would be a good idea for us if we're in this kingdom? If you want to be promoted and you want to have impact and see your leadership increase and expand, then maybe we should get to know the king in his heart and spend time with him and watch how he loved his people, had compassion on them, how he healed them, how he served them. Should that not be our mindset and our heart to model like an apprentice does when they're watching someone who is uh, skilled in that and who is an expert in that area. They're watching to learn. We watch the Lord Jesus in what he did. And if we're of his kingdom, we're going to love what he loves most. And that's his people. No matter how hard it might be on certain days, we're called to operate through serving and through loving those around us. Number four, 
instead of living in isolation like you do in this kingdom, you began to live in close-knit community and family. Relationships become the most important thing. And as you go through life, we're building healthy, mature relationships emotionally, spiritually, and with the people that we love. So those two tie together, four and five, relationship, community. Number six, in terms of focusing on reaping, now you're focused on sowing as opposed to taking everything in and consuming. Now it's about serving and taking what you have and putting it back into the things that have made you been impactful for you. So you begin to sow. You have a generous heart. You have a generous mindset. I've had so many people in my life who have been such incredible examples of using their resources and knowing and putting away things um, in time of when hardship and trials come, they began to sow resources back into ministries and in people. And as they sow, God's generosity begins to meet them and God begins to provide in their lives. And so that's something that has become a part of my life is this mindset and mentality of sowing into the kingdom. In number seven, instead of having an outer appearance as your focus, you're looking at the heart. You're looking at the identity and the character of a person because that's what Jesus did. And so I just want to close with that. I know that's a lot. I would encourage you to go back and kind of sort through this, but I really believe that it's going to give you a better idea of the contrasting kingdoms that we see in this world. And I'll close by this of what's underneath, that this was the world's kingdom and it's ruled by Satan. We have an enemy and he is out to rob, kill, steal, and destroy everything that's a part of who we are, our relationships, our identity. And the focus of this kingdom is you or me. And it's of the flesh. That's the worldly kingdom, and it's run by self-effort, which comes through performance and promotion. This kingdom over here is a kingdom of light. It's God's kingdom. Jesus is the king. We are the most beloved thing in the king and in the father's kingdom. And he gives us the Holy Spirit so that we would live relationally connected lives together. And as we work our way through life, we become more connected. We begin more life-giving. We become full of light. We become about goodness. And our lives are run on the fuel of love, which unifies us. And we stand together. This is the upside-down kingdom, God's kingdom. Or another way I've heard it referred to as an inside-out kingdom. And I want to encourage you by this because I always want to draw our attention back to Jesus, the, the ultimate king of kings, the king of this kingdom we are to go about living our lives from. Because last week, you remember Matthew 6, said, seek ye first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these other things will be added unto you. So that's the cry and the goal of my heart is to help you understand that kingdom that we would all live according to that kingdom and build our lives on this foundation because his kingdom provides that foundation like it says in Matthew 6 or 7 I can't remember where it is right now I think it's Matthew 6 about the two foundations 
you build your life on his kingdom, there is fruit. Is it going to stretch you? Is it going to be hard at times? Is there going to be suffering? Yes. Not going to sugarcoat that, not going to hide that, but it will be rewarding. It will be rich. And I want to leave you with these two examples in Matthew 10, 45, it, or Mark 10, 45. It says this, that Jesus came not to be served, but to serve. In Philippians chapter two, verses two through five, it says that be like-minded and to follow the example of Christ because he came and he gave his life and he laid it down. He gave us an example and it was to be others focused, others centered so that we're not only looking to build ourselves and our own empires, but we're looking to serve each other, to unite to one another, that we are part of one body, as Paul said in Corinthians, with many different parts. We recognize each other, we honor each other, we see each other, and we give place for each other because we're all needed and we're all unique. That's God's kingdom in his heart. And the last example I'll give is in John 13, the, verse seven, the first 17 verses, Jesus eating with his disciples, and he begins to wash their feet and set this example. And he, Peter, of all people, says, you won't wash my feet because I should be washing your feet. And Jesus looks at him and just gently corrects him and says, and if you don't observe and watch what I do, then you won't be able to do what I do in the world around you. And so he washes their feet as a symbol of serving them. Could you imagine, just if you want an exercise in the next day, imagine Jesus being in front of you, washing your feet and what that would be like to just sit and to have the King of Kings washing your feet, how humbling, how honoring that is. And now he says, go and do likewise to those around you. We are to live our lives from a place of love, serving each other, just as Jesus did. And so I would encourage you to come back Friday, where I'm just going to take this a little bit further and just give you a few more things on these two kingdoms. And I want to share an incredible story that I've recently come across that I believe is going to drive home this week and really show you the heart of the Father and the heart of his kingdom, the heart of the King, Jesus, is to prove to you that you are unconditionally loved by him. And there's no greater desire in his heart is to walk in intimate union and com uh, communion with you, to become one with you in such a way where all you want in the desires of your heart is fully to seek him and to seek his kingdom and to live it out in the world around us. Because if you get a hold of that and your heart is right, there's so much inside of you that's already there waiting to come forward and the world around you needs it. The world around you needs to see God's kingdom and how accessible it is. Because your life, in your example, your testimony could be the only experience that someone has to God himself that could lead them into relationship with you. I once heard this said from one of my mentors, 
that your life could be the only Bible that someone reads. I hope that's not the case, but it can be a gateway. It could be a door for somebody that would be so intrigued by what God's doing in your life, so intrigued by God's kingdom coming through you and in you, and you demonstrating the kingdom like Jesus did, could allow them to see a picture of the gospel being lived out with power and authority. So let me pray a blessing over you as we end today. Father, I pray for strength to rise up in our hearts. God, I pray for the kingdom to come forward around us and in us, God, because the kingdom isn't futuristic in its entirety. The kingdom is here. The kingdom is now. There is a king of your kingdom, and that is Jesus, and we give him his rightful place today. So, Father, I pray that we would encounter your king in all of his glory, in all of his beauty, God. I pray that our heart would long and desire the King of kings, the Lord of lords, that has all authority, that's name is above every name, that's name is more powerful than any name. And I thank you. And I pray that you would give each and every individual that's listening or watching the experience, the revelation, and the empowerment of how deeply loved they are. God, I see an image of all of us just being grounded in your heart, kept afloat in our world around us by your incredible love and your incredible grace upholding us. So Father, may we touch it. May we see it. May we taste it. And may your kingdom become so prevalent that it's all we know. It's all we see. It's the new lens, the new life, the new identity that we operate from. God, a new operating system of your kingdom to be demonstrated in our lives, Lord. To live life the way it was meant to be in its original design and purpose according to your kingdom. And may we bring your kingdom as it is in heaven to the world around us. I pray these things in the one and only name of Jesus. Amen. God's strength today to each and every one of you. Join me on Friday and we'll bring this incredible week to a close. And I believe the Father's going to speak into your heart in such a profound way and activate the kingdom in you and around you. God bless, God's strength, and I'll see you on Friday.